listener, and welcome back to another episode of I Statement. I'm your host, Angela, and I hope everyone is doing well this week. It's a new week. For me, classes are beginning. It is going to be a whirlwind and uh, interesting semester, but nonetheless, I'm excited and I am really glad you're tuning in today because I want to talk about something that goes off a bit of last week's topic where I talked about personal branding and the professional sense of self and kind of the history behind that and the context, how it's viewed today, and what have you. So I am going to jump right into this because I want to talk about professionalism and what even is professionalism. Professionalism is a term you've likely heard if you're in college, if you're a young professional, if you're in a career that demands the most of you. You've likely heard this term, and I've been hearing this term for just about as long as I've been in school. And in particular, I hear it a lot in my position as a peer coach on campus working with career services and career-related departments. And... I don't, I don't know. I think about it a lot, and I think about the fact that there's not inherently a problem with enhancing quote-unquote professionalism, such as making sure, you know, folks are arriving to work on time, that they're completing their tasks, that they're staying on track and on target for whatever they need to do, that they're being responsible, and that they're upholding the workplace's mission statement and agreements and kind of code of ethics. But there is such a problem with professionalism that discriminates against many groups of people just like personal branding does. It harmfully affects women, people of color, it discriminates against class, age, and so many other things. And it's it's one of those topics that we put so much attention on and we put so much pressure on for folks to assimilate into. It's this preconceived schema, again, this preconceived notion that's kind of been dictated by what a professional is, which in most cases is a white male, and not everyone can adhere to those standards and those needs, of course, and that's absolutely ridiculous. When I first heard about professionalism, what first comes to mind is tattoos. I have three tattoos. They are on my left arm, on my shoulder, and they go down to about my mid, like, bicep. They go down to my bicep. And I don't often think about workplace discrimination or getting a second eye from someone who's hiring me because of the way I'm presenting myself and appearing because of my tattoos. If I wear a short sleeve shirt, you're likely going to see the bottom of one of my tattoos. I don't think about it too much, but sometimes in the back of my mind, if I'm going to meet someone new, if I'm going to make a connection with someone, if I have a planned meeting or event, I'll often do something to cover it up, to put on a cardigan, to wear a sweater instead, to do anything to just cover it up because I don't know how I'm going to be perceived. You know, someone with tattoos may be perceived as reckless and irresponsible and so many other dumb characteristics that don't even relate to having a tattoo and just expressing yourself artistically or for whatever reason because tattoos are awesome and it doesn't matter why we have them you don't need a reason to have a tattoo 
And that's not even the hardest part. That's not even the worst part of professionalism. As a woman, the way I dress, the way I choose to present myself is a problem, can be a problem. For a person of color, the way that they style their hair, if they have braids, if they have any other hairstyle that isn't deemed professional, if it's not straight and put back in a way that exudes professionalism by this dumb mindset that we've had in place for decades, centuries, then they are discriminated against and they are not held to the same values. They're not respected in the same way that people who have their appearance in a certain light that look a certain way are treated and are well respected in the workplace. Maybe I'm fumbling a bit on my words, but I hope my listeners are understanding the fact that there is this preconceived definition, there's this already pre-existing image of what professionalism should look like, and no one fits that mold completely. Not everyone fits that mold, and why is there even a mold? If you do your work well, if you perform well at your job, why should it matter how you wear your hair? Why should it matter that you have a tattoo? Why should it matter what clothes you're wearing? How does that reflect on your performance? I mean, just come on. I get so frustrated with this. And, you know, maybe I'm not the person to talk about it because I do work in career services and part of my job is ensuring that students are being professional, that they are developing their professional sense of self and that they're working towards start launching their career and being ready for it upon graduation. So maybe I'm being a little bit hypocritical, but I do want to take a minute to acknowledge that this system of professionalism we have in place, this narrative that exists, this systemic narrative that exists, needs to be dismantled. It like at once, it's so frustrating, just along with the personal branding narrative that already exists, professionalism follows in the same way. It follows suit. I won't experience many of the horrible instances that some of my peers and coworkers might experience as a white woman. And I acknowledge that and I realize that. But as an active bystander in this situation, as someone who is promoting professionalism and almost has to as a part of my job, I need to acknowledge that the history of it, the the foundation that it's built upon is so, it's colonial, it's old and outdated, it's just awful. And there is no need in 2020 to be still adhering to these dumb standards and stupid policies and just rigorous, old, outdated needs in the workplace. Again, I feel like I'm kind of fumbling on my words a bit, but I just, I hope you'll understand that the concept of professionalism, this idea that appearance and the way we present ourselves ties directly into the work that we do, is just ridiculous. It doesn't meet everyone where they are. It doesn't put everyone on the same starting ground. Not everyone has those same advantages to fit the mold of professionalism. And again, it just kind of exemplifies how often the professional world discriminates against folks who don't have the materials and the resources at their disposal 
to be quote unquote successful, to achieve whatever it is that society is demanding of them. And I just think it's ridiculous. And I really have been thinking a lot about this, especially since this summer I've done a whole project and I've thought a lot about personal branding and the professional sense of self. And the fact that professionalism is so ingrained in our minds as this one mindset, this one idea of it, is absolutely bonkers. Like, we need to get rid of that. We need to overthrow that, please. (laughs) And I'm trying to do everything I can to remind myself that what I wear, the way I talk, the way I present myself in the workplace does not at all equate to the great work that I do and the great work that you all do. And now, especially since many positions are remote, most folks are doing work from home behind a computer, you know, I'm showing up in joggers half the time and sweatpants. Am I being given crude looks and remarks from my supervisor because I'm wearing joggers to show up to my Zoom meeting? No. Am I getting weird looks for wearing a sweatshirt to my Zoom meeting? No. Am I being penalized for this? No. So it just goes to show that the whole narrative, that whole mindset is just absolutely bananas. (laughs) I challenge you all to think about what professionalism means to you and what definition you have of it. Because I have a strong feeling that a lot of us do kind of abide by that preconceived colonialist white mindset. This definition that's been defined by older white men. And again, there are so many systems that are defined by this and that are governed by these old and dated mindsets. And I just challenge us all to remember and acknowledge and change the way that we think about this mindset and what it means and what we can do to be better in the workplace to dismantle a system that discriminates against the majority. I really hope that work can be done and that we actively think about how we can contribute positively and then also how we might be contributing negatively and to to change our ways and to learn from those mistakes and those habits that we've developed over the years because I know that I have them. I mean, I think to myself, okay, like I kind of mentioned before with my tattoos, but just as a woman, okay, this dress is too short. This shirt is too plungy. It's too low cut. Little things like that. And that's only scratching the surface. And again, as I said, as a white woman, I will not know and I'll never have to face some of the things that my peers and my coworkers have to. But just thinking about those little things and challenging this narrative and this mindset is going to be really important and crucial going forward. I hope that made a little bit of sense and I definitely need to do more research, but just with any topic, more research and being well informed and more informed is always necessary. And I've really loved challenging these thoughts that I've had and these preconceived notions I've had, and all of that. And I challenge you all to do the same, because it can be very eye-opening and very revealing of a lot of the harbored and internalized biases, information, whatever that we have about certain topics. But anyway, that was a real kicker for this episode. That was a, that was a roaring start. I don't know if y'all can tell or if you can notice, but I am recording with a brand new microphone set up. 
I now have a little blue snowball. Contrary to the branding, uh, blue is just the company. It is white. <laughs> but it is a blue snowball microphone, and I have my own little setup now. I think now I just need to soundproof my bedroom, and then I'll be really ready to go. We'll have absolutely no echoey audio, no slight rumbles of cars going by. So as soon as I soundproof my, uh, my bedroom in my apartment once I get that approval from my landlord we'll be we'll be really good to go <laughs> we're gonna have a great production no but it's been very nice to see where this podcast started just six weeks ago already and wow is that unbelievable to me <laughs> uh, to see where it started six weeks ago and to see where it's at now has been really great and I really appreciate everyone who has stuck around and has continued listening it's only going up from here. The microphones are only going to keep getting better. My room is going to be soundproofed. It's going to be great. As the semester is starting, as things are fast approaching, as new things are beginning and old things are resurrecting and I have to do them again, I've noticed myself having a kind of whatever attitude and I'm putting whatever in air quotes. That's what I'm calling it. It's my whatever attitude. Because anything lately that has tended to overwhelm me, that has felt like a lot, or has felt like too much, or just something that I literally cannot handle in the moment, I have just been like, whatever. Literally whatever. It's fine. Whatever. I, you know what? I don't have the energy to care for this right now. And this whatever attitude, it's been very... I don't even want to use the word healthy, but it's felt healthy in the moment because it gives me the freedom to just say, okay, I don't have the mental space to handle this right now. I don't have the capacity to give this my full attention, to give this task or whatever it is that it needs. I don't have the energy, the ability, the physical capacity to give this thing what it needs. However, having this whatever mindset kind of gives me the ability to just dismiss what's bothering me and what's overwhelming me instead of reacting to it intentionally. If I just say whatever to these 20 emails that I have to respond to, that's probably going to mean that I don't really respond to them or that I don't acknowledge that while I can't give what I need to give to them right now, I might not give anything at all. And so I've instead tried to rework my whatever attitude into an intentional attitude or just like an intentional response instead of just being like whatever, like whatever, literally whatever, whatever, like I can't handle it. I instead say, I cannot do this right now. I physically cannot and in order to be my best self and to remain happy and emotionally grounded and sound, I can't do this right now. And I usually will pair that with an I will do it later or I will do it at X time or I will try and reach out to someone who can help me do it. So for example, I'll say instead of Ugh, whatever, I cannot, I will often try and switch that language and say, I can do that in two hours or I can do that tomorrow this mindset that I've tried to have during quarantine and just during this time of uncertainty is maybe not today, maybe tomorrow. 
if not today, maybe tomorrow. And that's been very reassuring, just remembering that the next day will come, there's always more time, there is always the freedom and the ability to make sure that we're being our best selves and not overloading our plates and not taking on too much and not giving something a hasty, disheveled, upset version of yourself for that whatever attitude, for just saying whatever and being like, okay, I'll tackle it, fine, whatever. Taking the time to relax, to engage with the activity, to acknowledge it for what it is and for what you can give to it in that moment and kind of changing what you're able to to give now and give later and all that kind of stuff just shifting that whatever attitude into more of an intentional one into more of an acknowledging attitude that's been really helpful for me and I think it would be really helpful and a good gentle reminder for those of us who also get overwhelmed and who have a lot on our plates who are very busy who have so many things to tackle and give themselves to that that's not possible all the time. It's not possible to be on all the time. And it's very easy to say whatever, literally whatever. I don't know. That's just been my, <laughs> my recent attitude and my recent reaction to many things. But I've been trying to change that. And by changing it, by being more intentional, more purposeful, I've realized that things are not as big as they seem. Tasks are not as daunting as they seem and that there is always time to do something to the best of my ability. I will make the time. I will make the time. There is time and I will make the time. I hope that that resonated with at least a few of you. Focusing on those things that we can control, our reactions to situations being one of them, is very eye-opening and very, very mindful at the core. And as someone who's trying to be more mindful and practice more mindfulness in my everyday life, just remembering that I do have control over a lot of things is very reassuring. But then also remembering that there are some things that are outside of my ability to control is just as equally reassuring and reminds me to stay grounded and to not get as easily overwhelmed by the little things. I hope y'all have a wonderful week. I know that mine is busy, but I am ready to tackle it. And on a last little side note, oh my goodness. So during training for one of my positions, we all did an icebreaker about podcast ideas. And it was the best icebreaker I've ever had the ability to be a part of and to witness and to just hear about everyone's ideas for what they would do for a podcast is absolutely incredible. And I felt so empowered, you know, behind my own podcast that already exists, but for my fellow, you know, peers and friends just sharing their ideas and what they would do if they were going to start a podcast, literally like sparked the biggest light inside of me and just made my heart so happy and so full of love and excitement for their ideas not even if they pursue them but just hearing people's creativity and hearing what they would want to talk about and give to the world via an audio file was just incredible and I was just so happy I just wanted to share that little tidbit it was so great to hear about my friends passions and I actually received some inquiries about what mics I use what's been helpful for me some editing software that I use 
And one of my friends, Lynn, she started a podcast called A Lil Lynn. It's so cute and it's so fun and she is just a light in this world. She talks about really anything that's on her mind, kind of like my podcast, but she does it so well, like incredibly well. And she is just a wonderful, wonderful person. And I suggest that y'all go listen to her podcast, A Lil Lynn. Isn't that the cutest name too? Like, come on. It's on Spotify and she'll probably have it available in other places soon. It's incredible. Y'all should give it a listen. And I tweeted the other day that if my friend had a small business, I would simply support the fuck out of them. And that still holds true. If your friend has a small business, if your friend has a passion, if your friend has a dream, support the fuck out of them. That is all. Thank y'all for listening to this episode of I Statement, and I will see you next Monday. Thank you.